morning again. It's good to see all of you this morning. Thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, spend with us here this morning at City Church. We're glad you're here today. Um, So you know, Pastor Dallas spoke in his message a couple weeks ago, and he talked about slowing down, how busy things are. Boy, it's so relevant today. So if you've been really, really busy, you might have missed it, but otherwise, you're going to realize that there was a midterm election, and it was crazy. You know, I, uh, I followed it a little bit more than usual this time, and I remember the day after the midterm elections, I came home for lunch, and I turned on the TV to have a bite to eat, and it was the White House press conference. Wow. Talk about a day and age where people are so unkind. Man. I mean, there's, there's just like this biting and um, it, it, is, uh, it was an ugly thing. I was like, I watched it for a while and I was like, it's got to stop. <laughs> and it didn't. And then after a while, I just started to get mad. So I'm like, I can't watch it anymore. Um, we live in a society today where people aren't always too kind to each other, are they? It's uh, part of the day we're living in. And uh, today we're going to talk about fruit of the spirit. We're going to focus a lot on kindness. So if you would uh, open up your Bibles, turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5. All right, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, the world could use a lot more Jesus. We here could use a lot more Jesus. We need more love. We need more kindness in the world. Lord, we thank you for the example that you showed us. I pray today that you will take this time. Speak to us from your word. Help change our lives to allow us to make a difference in our lives the lives of our families, our loved ones, our neighbors and strangers that come our way in the name of Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians chapter five, starting at verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such, there's no law. It's not something that Congress is going to be voting on. See if you guys can still be loving and kind. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So... You know, I've heard of the term fruit of the spirit for a long time. I was in the church from the time I was in a nursery. So I've heard the term. But when you think of that, when you read God's word and you hear the term fruit of the spirit, what's the comparison there? You know, what do you think about a little bit? So if you would turn, turn to the middle of your Bible, turn to Psalms, the first chapter in Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 and just uh, verses 1 through 3 kind of complements. Remember the Old Testament, the laws of the Old Testament were all fulfilled 
and the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. They're so, they're meant to be together. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So if you weren't with us last week, or if you were, remember Pastor Dallas's message was about um, the strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And what message did he say? He said, you find your true joy that we experience from the Lord and we gain strength when we're in God's presence. Remember that? And he reminded us, this is not just a book. It's not just a fairy tale. This is God's word. If you want to know what God has to say to you, get in his word. See what it says. Get in his presence. Meditate upon it day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So when we look at these two passages, we talk about the fruit. When you look out over a field, and if you were walking through the woods, and you came up over a hill, and in the middle of the hill there was a few trees on the top, and in the middle of it was right before fall, just as the leaves are starting to change colors, you see this beautiful tree, and it is loaded with big, delicious apples. And if you've been walking for a while and you were hungry, or you were tired, or you were thirsty, of all the trees that are on the top of the hill, you're going to go to the fruit of the tree that's bearing fruit, the good fruit there. So sometimes when God talks about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit's in us and we're connected to the Holy Spirit. It says, and he shall, um, planted by the rivers of water. Are you planted in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is the Holy Spirit flowing through you? Are you producing good fruit? When people see you, do they want to go to the tree and to the fruit that your life produces? Or is there a tree that's kind of shriveled up? Maybe a tree that looks kind of dark and scary? Maybe angry? Is that who we're drawn to? People today, in general, are not very kind. But one thing I want you guys to think about is sometimes we have this expectation that everybody should be just like us. Well, if they just thought like me, everything would be good. And especially as a church, if you've been raised in the church and you've been a Christian, you expect everybody to act and respond like you do. That's not, that's not how life is. You have to think about it. If you're not rooted in Jesus Christ, if your life is not in the Lord's, you're not going to produce some of the fruits that we just read here in Galatians. They don't, don't assume that people know that they should be kind to you. So if the world's lost, a lot of them are lost and they don't see. You know that song, I, Amazing Grace, I was once blind, but now I see. If they're lost, who are they living for? What do they see? What do they know? But yet we expect them to treat us just like we're 
treating them or how we want to be treated. The world doesn't know that. You know, I think of, uh, think of a young lady and uh, when Lori and I were friends with her and several others of us were all friends and she was dating. <laughs> and uh, she was just dating a guy that I would just say was not in her best interest, okay? Mom and dad probably go, what are you doing? But they were together for a long time. And so different times, different ones, we'd try to come and say, hey, why don't you go out with this guy? You know, why don't you, why don't you think about going out with this guy or doing this? And she wanted no part of it. She's like, oh, no, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with Mr. Miserable. And uh, she would she just stay there. She could not see it. So one day, one guy who was over the top, and he kind of wouldn't let her breathe and was not going to take no for an answer, and he moved right in, and it happened fast. Within, <laughs> within a couple of weeks, they're together all the time, and this guy that she was with all these years, she now would not refer to him even by his name. She says, oh yeah, jerk face. <laughs> I'm like, how do you not see that? <clears throat> she found out what it was like to be with someone who loved Jesus. She found out like what it was like to be treated kind. And when she saw that, her eyes were opened and she saw things differently. Sometimes we expect people to see everything just like we do and they never will. So remember that, don't always, don't always expect that. How about as Christians? Today, do you feel like the church in general, are we kind? Is the church dramatically different? Are we set apart? <laughs> when, when I started, uh, when I left the distribution center at Comdoc and came to the corporate office, office to manage the billing department, I had a lot to learn, and it, it was overwhelming at first because I knew trucks and delivery and dispatch. I did not know billing. I did not understand the complications of the system, and I had so much to learn. And uh, when you start to talk about people's money or businesses' money, they get a little tense sometimes. So Comdoc billed around 100,000 devices, copiers and printers, billed all kinds of different ways. So I remember once I was talking to uh, some of the ladies, and a couple of them are actually here today visiting, and uh, one of them looked at me and said, Ben, do you know who our worst calls are? Do you know who the nastiest customers are that we get calls from? And I go, no. I go, who? And they go, church, churches. And I go, what? They go, yeah, the church ladies, they are so nasty. And I remember, I remember looking at, at her in disbelief, and, I, and I, I saw some more behind her, and I go, no, that's not true. And they go, yeah, that's true. I'm like, really? I go, of all the calls, of all the customers, I'm like, churches. Um, do you know what it made me feel? Sad. Just sad. I wasn't angry. I was just sad about it. it made me sad. Um, what fruit are you producing? How are you being kind? Pastor Dallas mentioned last week, and it was on my mind as well, how few of times people smile. 
Did you ever notice that? He was so right. People don't smile a lot. An act of kindness is making eye contact with somebody and just smiling. Just smiling. Say please. Say thank you. Open a door. Tell someone, ask them how they're doing. How are you doing? Can I pray for you? And then actually even sometimes when the Lord puts it upon your heart saying, I'm going to pray for you right now. That's an act of kindness. If you've spent any time in and around a hospital, I've heard nurses say to me that there will be a patient in the bed who is miserable. They're suffering. They're in pain. They're maybe going to face a terrible surgery or they just have or their life is actually in its last moments. And they said, I'll, I'll see them be so kind to me as a nurse or a doctor. And then you'll see somebody else who's in there. It's probably a guy and he's got a hangnail. And he's being mean and nasty to the nurse, acting like they are his servant and just being terrible. And how about it? How many of you have seen a doctor come in and you've, you've heard that term that this doctor has a good bedside manner? Why often do we think that? Because they show that they care. And they're facing some difficult things. A nurse is facing some difficult things. So are we kind? How are ways that we can be kind? Have you ever noticed when you get into an elevator today? How many of you actually get in an elevator for work or on a regular basis? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. So I noticed this when you go to the hospital, and I'm in and out of those visiting people sometimes. You go to the hospital. As soon as you get in the elevator and the doors close, here's what happens. And all they're doing is looking at the time. Sometimes they're not even looking at anything. Why? Because they don't want to make eye contact with you. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to interact. They're probably thinking like, I think sometimes like, man, that dude's looking weird. What is he going to say to me if I talk to him or what's going on? People don't want to interact. They don't want to be kind. Um, Some of you here today, you're going to tell me, you're like, Pastor Ben, I'm just shy. I'm, I'm shy. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say something like that. It's going to be hard for me to be kind or I'm insecure. I got my own issues. I got my own hurt. I fill in the blank. Church, don't make excuses for being kind to people. It's, it's not a personality. It's not a situation. We're all made different, but we can all be kind in the name of Jesus. Please remember that. Sometimes it's difficult. I get that. Um, Look for opportunities to be kind. Church family, just as a small note for our regular church family, be kind to the people here. You you see each each and every week. You see a visitor, be kind. Heard such a sweet thing from one of our friends who visited occasionally. She said to Lori, she goes, City Church is one of the kindest churches I've ever been in. Ah, that's beautiful. But there's a truth. When she walks in, do you know what her kindness interpretation is dependent upon? It's who she sits beside, who she came across, who opened the door, who shook her hand. Somebody could have come in the same day that she did and left here and go, wow, just not that friendly. Nobody said hi, nobody smiled, nobody, nobody did anything. 
As a church family, please continue to make this a, a really kind, loving place. People come in, let them feel welcome. Sometimes we can be kind to others, but we have trouble being kind to our own family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see some heads go back. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? Why is that? We have trouble being kind to our own family. We're with them a lot. God's made us different. We see things different. Sometimes there's a tension between a teenager and an adult, vice versa. Siblings see things differently. Be mindful. If you can't practice kindness within your home, it's going to be harder for you to practice it outside. And I know, sometimes family is the hardest people to be kind to, isn't it? Starts with your family. Be kind to them. You know, when I gave the example of uh, seeing the tree and being drawn to it, what kind of fruit are you producing? You know, are you, when people see you, are they are they attracted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it appealing to them? Do they see and they're like, you know what? There's something different about them. I want to check that. I want a taste of that. I want to see what they've got. Or when they see you, do they see someone who's bitter, who's angry, who's not compassionate, and they really just prefer to stay away? If you would look at one verse in, back in the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he, God the Father, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Often, (laughs) often we're kind to people because we expect them to be kind back. And when they're not, like, we're upset about it. Now, Lori said I could tell this on her, so I'm going to do it since she said it. I wasn't going to. So my wife's very kind. She's a kind driver. So if you're in the middle of traffic and you're trying to rush to work and she's trying to get all the way to Richfield and it's busy and at the last minute somebody's trying to come in, she's the person that always lets them in. I don't even do that. But she's the one that lets them in. But if they don't go, thank you. She's like, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Don't, don't give, and I'm not picking up my wife as she knows that she's, she's a kind person. Don't give kindness expecting a return. If you, if you get kindness back, you already got your reward. Kindness is going above. It's giving kindness to people who don't deserve it. It's giving kindness to people that are evil. It's, being, it's giving kindness to people that are mean. <laughs> Some of you, it's, it's worse than that. Some of you, it's, it's not just that. You're just, you're kind of like Jonah. You're like, you ever come home from work 
You ever come home from the grocery store? And you come home and you look at whoever is, is in the home with you and you go, I hate people. <laughs> A lot of us have. You know, I think of Jonah and God called upon Jonah and said, Jonah, I want you to go share the truth with the people at Nineveh. And what did Jonah do? God, said, God told him that, go share it. They're wicked people. They're lost. They're miserable. Go share it with them. Jonah says, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I hate those people. I don't want to talk to them about God. I don't want to even talk to them. Why does that happen? Well, it happens because we get hurt. We get disappointed. People drain on us. We get tired of that sometimes. <clears throat> I want to remind you today, church, you never know what someone is going through. You never know what someone is going through. Kindness is not weakness. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Don't ever confuse being kind with being weak. Some people think, well, if I'm kind, people are going to walk all over me. Some of the kindest people I ever knew were, were some of the toughest, strongest people I've ever met. Don't confuse that. I'm going to read through this passage here. Um, John chapter 8, starting at verse 3. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. You ever hear the term of a velvet hammer? Covered with kindness, but bringing some authority and truth behind it. Jesus knew that these people were trying to trap him. And he knew their intentions weren't good. And according to the Old Testament, they didn't bring the man who was involved in adultery. And the Bible says to bring both forward. They were testing him. And he didn't get angry. He didn't strike out at them even though they were trying to trap him. He just said, whoever here hasn't sinned, you be first. We read on again. He stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, they began to leave one by one, beginning with the oldest even into the last. And when Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and he saw no one but the woman, he said to her, get this church. Jesus looks up at her and he says, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
was covered in kindness and love. This is Jesus, Son of God. He knows what adultery can do to a family, and usually families. Adultery is the one sin the Bible says that not only is it a sin against God, but it's a sin against your own flesh. It brings so much hurt. It brings so much pain. He knows all that. And when he looks at the woman, he just says, I don't condemn you either. I just want you to go and not sin anymore. I want you to live a life that's free. I want you to live an abundant life. Don't do it anymore. Turn from it. We have no idea what a person is going through. I reconnected with uh, my coach from high school just the last couple weeks, Coach Mancini. (laughs) Coach, when he came to to school, and I went to a small Christian school, and he came to school, and as he described it, he was a new Christian. He was living a lifestyle of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and he said that most of his friends have passed away. They didn't change their life. They didn't find that freedom in Christ. So he came to school, and he would tell us, he goes, I'm a young Christian. I just know that I need to serve the Lord, and I'm here. I'm a teenager. I didn't appreciate what he was saying. I was pretty wrapped up in all the things I was busy in. But he also really gained my respect. He cared for me. I remember one time, we came in from a basketball game, and I was terrible at basketball. I was so bad. I was good at soccer, but basketball was not my thing. And we came back from a game. I snuck on the girls' bus, and we got back. And he was so mad at me for doing that, as he should have been. We walk in his office. School's, you know, it's after hours. I walk in his office, flip on the light. He comes in behind me, flips off the light. And he gets in my face and he goes, I am so mad at you. He goes, I left, I left the world so that I'd see a difference here. And I go, coach, I was good. Just wanted to be with the girls. <laughs> coach was a guy that would get in your face. When I got to talk to him a couple weeks ago, he said, Ben, do you remember the one girl from school? We mentioned her by name. I, I didn't at first. And he said, this girl's family had some major sin taking place in their household. He said it it became public for all of us that her own father had sexually abused her. And I paused and I said, yeah, I I do, I remember that. He said, I'm a young Christian. He said, "I, I felt just a connection to this young girl. And he goes, I was home at night and I was like, Lord, I don't know what to say to her. I don't don't know what to tell her. I don't even know what to do. I need your help. Coach Mancini was plugged in to the rivers of water of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I need the words to say. And he said, so as I kept praying, he said, I felt impressed God said, I want you to give her something. All right, well, back then, the young man, starting a family, he didn't make anything hardly at this Christian school then. 
He didn't have much. And he thought it was a strange thought, like, what could I give her? And the Lord brought to his mind that one of his best friends had given him his hockey jersey. So they're friends. This is something special. It's something that meant something to him. He took it off. He gave it to him. And he goes, I want you to have this. So it's something special. So this hockey jersey. And he goes, hockey jersey. He goes, all right, Lord. I'm just going to follow what you've put on my mind. I'm going to follow what you put on my mind. So he goes, I go into school. I see this little girl. She was alone. And he goes, I went up to her. And he said, Lord, I need your help. And he said, I just put my hand on her. And he said, God loves you. He said, I want you to know God loves you. You may not feel that. You may not understand what's happened in your life. But God loves you. I love you. And he took this hockey jersey and he says, she's just a little peep of a thing. And this jersey is a guy's hockey jersey. He takes this jersey and he gives it to her. Remember when I said that kindness is not weakness? He said a very difficult thing to her. I just described Coach as being a man's man. He got in my face and he briefed me a couple times. If he was left to himself, if he was left to his flesh, I believe he'd have probably have liked to have gone to the house and had a conversation there. And it probably wouldn't have been a good conversation and it would probably have been more than just words. But he found Jesus. And he looked at her and he said, I want to give you this jersey. And I want you to wear it and I want you to hold on to it. And every time you look at this jersey, jersey I want you to remember that God loves you. And I want to tell you that some way through the power of God, you're going to have to find a way to forgive your father. That's not a weak statement, is it? No, that takes the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God to make that statement. He goes, years went by. <clears throat> I was so um, touched by his focus was praying. And church, this is the lesson for us. Sometimes you're not going to know how to be kind. Sometimes you're not going to know when to be kind. Sometimes you're going to be, they don't deserve that. How in the world? And you're going to have to say, Lord, help me to be your hands and feet. Help me to be kind as you're kind to me. Decades go by. Just like me and Coach, she reconnected with him. And she said, do you remember me? He paused for a minute. He goes, well, I'm not sure. And then she goes, you gave me a hockey jersey. And he said, I, I started to cry. And he goes, I'm not an emotional man. He goes, I don't cry. He's not like me, okay? <laughs> he goes, I'm not an emotional man. He goes, I started to cry. And he said, I held on to that hockey jersey 
for years and years. I wore it all the time. I wore it every chance I could, and I would hold on to it, and I would remember what you said to me of how God loves me. And how some way I needed to fight all the bitterness and hate in my life so that I could forgive my father through the power of Jesus. Doesn't mean she should be around him, but she needs to forgive him. And you know what happened? His one act of kindness, that one brief moment, that gift, allowed her life to produce the fruit of Jesus later. She's married, she has children of her own, and her life produces good fruit. One act of kindness through the Spirit of God, given courageously, changed her life. I want you to think about this as we get ready to close. Praise team, you can come up. Is <clears throat> we don't know what people are facing around us. Think of that young girl. Think of her for however long that this terrible wickedness took place in her life. She's walking into school. She was sitting in class with a classmate. Was that classmate kind to her? Was the teacher kind to her? Was her extended family, were they kind to her? Was the neighbor kind? Church, I don't want to beat you up today. I want to remind you of what an impact you can have in people's lives and how you can use the power of the Lord Jesus to change people by being kind. Tomorrow when you go into work, you don't know what that person's faced. You don't know what's going on in their life. They may tell you some things, but you truly don't know what they've faced. Your neighbor, the widow who's alone, her body's breaking down. You don't know what she's feeling. You don't know what she's going through, and you just bumped into her for the first time. Your family member you haven't talked to for a while, your friend, people that come and go in and out of our church, we never know what is happening in the lives of others. One more verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And then we'll close. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, <laughs> simple verse, first three letters, and be kind. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Church, be kind. Be kind when you don't want to. Be kind when someone doesn't deserve it. Be kind when nobody's going to respond back to you. Sometimes those seeds of kindness planted through the power of the Holy Spirit are going to blossom up and produce some trees that bring forth abundant fruit 
that are gonna bless those people's lives and all of them around them. It's a powerful thing. Please don't forget that. Pray for opportunities to be kind. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your example, Lord Jesus. You're the ultimate example of kindness and strength. None of us deserve what you've done for us. We thank you for saving our souls, for shedding your blood and forgiving us of our sins. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here today and they're like, maybe they think they know, they know you, God. I believe God. I believe there's one God. But maybe they haven't accepted you as their savior. Maybe they haven't taken the time to say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life and forgive me of my sins. So they're not rooted. They're not plugged in. They're on the outside still. Today, Lord, let them get rooted in you. Have them have the courage to come forward and say, today I want to follow Jesus as my Savior. Maybe there's some here today and they thought of somebody that they just weren't kind to or they haven't been kind to or they haven't been doing what they should with that person. Help them, Lord, to say, I'm sorry, I want to, I want to make that right. Lord, someone here might say, I'm struggling. I'm at a point to where it's hard for me to be kind to anybody. Just come forward today and I'll pray with you that God will give you strength in his spirit to be his light. Let him do it. If you feel that way today, I'm gonna ask that you come forward. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do, we pray for these people today, our church body. Strengthen them. Oh, Lord, there's such freedom in serving and loving you when we give it to you. Help us all to find that joy, that peace, that love. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.